You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. This morning I want to uh, talk about, we've been talking about, again, trying to go from uh, burnout to balance in our lives. And this morning, I want to kind of talk to you about how do we lighten our load or um, what do we need to do in order to uh, lighten our load? It sounds like a great title for a book on dieting, doesn't it? How to lighten your load. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, uh, you saw there in the video that Jesus kind of gives us some insight. He kind of gives us an approach uh, into ways that we can lighten our load in life. And he says there are three things basically that we can do. He says, come to me all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, in those three sentences, Jesus kind of gives us three approaches, three solutions to an overloaded, stressed, burdened, exhausting life. And those three things that he says to us is, come to me, take my yoke, learn from me. That's all you need to remember. Anytime you find yourself in a stressed out, overburdened, overloaded life, all you got to remember are those three simple things. Come to Jesus, take his yoke, and learn from him. So let's just look at each one of those kind of briefly this morning. First thing he says is come to Jesus. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now to me, that is the divine invitation. Come to Jesus. Again, that is the first and it is the most important step you will ever take in your life is to come to Jesus in salvation. It is the first and most important step you will ever take if you truly want to be freed from weariness and being overburdened in life. It is divine in that it is God's invitation to whosoever. Come to me, all you. It is an open invitation to everybody, everywhere, regardless of circumstances or situations. It was the divine invitation to the prodigal son there in Luke 11. It was the divine invitation to that woman taken in adultery there in John 7. It is the divine invitation that Jesus extended to his disciples, to the apostle Paul. It is this same divine invitation that is extended to everyone, everywhere, regardless of who you are or what you've done. Come to Jesus. In the Bible, people came to Jesus for many different reasons. 
Some people came for forgiveness. Some came for answers. Some came for healing. Some came for food. Some came for deliverance. But many, many came to Jesus for salvation. And again, regardless of the reasons they came, the response was the same. Come to me and I will give you rest. And Jesus, he promises rest to the weary, to the overburdened, to the stressed out. And it's not a physical rest. Jesus goes on there in Matthew 11, and he describes the kind of rest he's going to give us. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls is much deeper than just physical rest. It's not just that you're weary and overloaded in your physical body. Oftentimes we're overloaded and we're stressed out in our minds, in our spirit, in our emotions. And we need soul rest far more than we need physical rest. Physical rest, it's important, it's necessary, we need it. But we need that soul rest much more. We need rest from worry and tension. We need rest from stress, from guilt, from fear, from bitterness, from anxiety. And this is the sole rest that Jesus promises to us when we come to him. So Jesus says, if you're worn out, if you're carrying heavy burdens, if you're overwhelmed, come to me and I will give you soul rest. Soul rest to me, it is that peace of heart and mind kind of rest. Soul rest is that divine contentment that we find regardless of the situations and circumstances going on in our lives. Soul rest to me is that kind of rest that when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we need not fear any evil because he is with us. Soul rest is that restoration of the joy of his salvation. Soul rest is a complete, total rest. We also need soul rest from religious weariness and burdens as well. Jesus talks about this kind of weariness and burden that we either place upon ourselves or it's placed upon us by others. And he talks about that in Matthew 23, verse 4. And he says, they, and he's referring to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, the teachers of the law. And he says, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and yet never lift a finger to ease the burden. And again, he's referring to the religious leaders of that time. But you know what, this kind of religious weariness continues to happen in many religious circles today. I remember a church I became a part of shortly after I graduated from college. It was a great church, and at first I loved going there. They had stuff going on all of the time. But after a while, I kind of began to notice that everything I was doing just never seemed to be enough, no matter how much I was doing. The message always seemed to be, you need to be reading your Bible more. You need to be praying more. You need to be giving more. You need to be witnessing more. You need to be serving more. You need to be fasting more. 
You need to be more holy and on and on and on it went. Regardless of how much you were doing in any of those areas, you were kind of left feeling like it just was never enough. And if you questioned or, or t- wanted to push back on any of that, you were made to kind of feel like you really didn't love Jesus or that you really weren't taking your faith very seriously. And after about a year of that, I finally quit because I was just spiritually exhausted. So there are a lot of ways that we can experience weariness and being overburdened. And when that happens to us, who do we naturally turn to when we're exhausted, when we're depleted, when we're overloaded? And again, you may be here this morning and you're a very sincere, devout follower of Christ. But let's be honest, our first choice isn't always Jesus. Some of us, when we get overloaded and burdened, we kind of turn to food for relief, right? Some of us turn to television and we just want to tune the the world out. We want to just ignore the problems and we just want to prop our feet up. Some of us may turn to drink or, or a pill. There's a lot of different escapes we can turn to when we're overwhelmed and overburdened. But none of these things can give us the soul rest we need. Only Jesus can do that. And I love what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 and 31. It says, God gives power to those who are tired and worn out. And he offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. It says new strength, and that new strength is a strength from God. It's, it's a supernatural strength. It doesn't come from us. It comes from him. And how do you get that strength? He says, wait on the Lord. Sometimes we just got to stop, and we just got to turn our attention to him. We just got to wait on the Lord. And how do you do that? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, he says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply, as honestly as you can. And eventually your your focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. So there's a process there. Jesus says, just get alone by yourself. And you don't need to pretend. You don't need to act in front of me or other people. And as you just begin that shift away from yourself and onto me, he says, eventually you will begin to sense my presence and my grace. So we come to Jesus. That is the first and most important step in life and in dealing with our overburdened, weary lives. The second way to lighten our load is take Jesus's yoke. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Now, another way of saying this is we need to give up control. A lot of the weariness and the burdens many of us carry in life are due to all of the people, the circumstances, the situations we're trying to control and manage. And until we're ready to give up control of all of that to Jesus, chances are you're not going to experience much soul rest. As a matter of fact, the more you try to manage and control 
in your life and in the lives of others, the more stress and weariness and burdens you will carry. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, I want you to understand something here. Either way, you're going to have a burden, you're going to have a yoke. Every one of us in this room, you have a yoke, you carry a burden. The question is, is it your yoke or burden, or is it Jesus' yoke and burden? We don't, we don't get away from yokes and burdens. We have to decide whose yoke and burden we're going to carry, ours or his. So let's go back and look at what a yoke is. Most people didn't grow up in a farm. I know I didn't. But a yoke is a wooden beam that kind of attaches, it, it links two farm animals together to share the load so they can work together as a team. A yoke, it's not a harness. A harness is something you would put on a horse or an ox. A yoke is when you put it over two so that the burden, the load is shared um, and the load is lightened. And again, it, the purpose of it is, is it makes it easier for the animal. They can carry more because they are working together. The load is halved, the load is shared, the load is lightened. As I said last week, Jesus was a carpenter, we know that. And we know that his father was a carpenter, so Jesus learned his trade as a carpenter from his father. Now some biblical scholars and historians believe that because Jesus kind of lived uh, surrounded by a farming community there in Nazareth, that Jesus would have made many, many yokes for the local farmers. And if that's true, Jesus would know a lot about uh, the, the use and benefits of a yoke. And it may be partly the reason why he chooses the reference of a yoke there in Matthew 11. And Jesus says, I want you to take my yoke upon you. And by taking Jesus' yoke upon ourselves, we are together with him. We're not running the race of life alone. We're not trying to pull the load of life by ourselves. There are two of you. It's me and Jesus. And we're working together. And Jesus is saying, I will come alongside you. I will help bear those burdens. I will help you carry your problems. I will help you carry your load. I'm going to help you shoulder all of those responsibilities you're carrying. He doesn't add to your load. He says, I'm here to share your load. And he doesn't have a load, so that means he'll bear the greater burden of the load. He's God. He says, I'm going to partner with you. I'm going to covenant with you, and I'm going to share your load. So stick with me. Go shoulder to shoulder. Go side by side with me. And he says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, I love this word yoke in the, in the Greek. It's the word Christos. And that word means easy. It means kind. Uh, I love this other definition. It says that it fits perfectly. 
And if you know anything about making a yoke for uh, animals, oftentimes the maker of the yoke would go and kind of look at the animal, the particular animal that he's making the yoke for, and he would try to get kind of measurements. Where does the yoke need to rest on the shoulder? And that particular yoke, it would be kind of fit perfectly for that particular animal. And I love that because we all carry different burdens. We're all wearied in different ways. And, and Jesus' yoke for me may look different than his yoke for you. And what he's saying to us is that, that the yoke I'm going to place upon you, it's going it's to be perfectly fit for your situation, for your circumstances, for what you're going through in life. Take my yoke. It's easy. It's kind. It fits perfectly your situation and your circumstances. Psalm 52, uh, 55 verse 22 says, Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. Again, that's the idea. That's the purpose of a yoke. God says, join with me, connect with me, abide in me, attach yourself to me, put your, my yoke on yourself, I'll help you carry the load. So if you're here this morning, maybe you're overloaded, you're overburdened, you're stressed. And again, it's maybe because we're not carrying or fully yoked to Christ as we could be. As Christians, maybe we're prone again to kind of taking that yoke off and kind of going our own way, doing our own thing. The yoke that Jesus offers us, it's, again, it's something that we have to put on day by day, moment by moment, situation by situation. And every time we get detached from Jesus and we kind of want to go our own way, you're just going to see that your stress levels are going to start to go up and up and up. But when we get reattached, when we get yoked with Jesus, what you'll discover is that stress level will start to go down. It's that simple. Come to Jesus. Give up control. Take by yoke. Again, those are the first two things. That yoke is a symbol of partnership. God says, I will help you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you in that load. It's also a wonderful symbol because it's a symbol of control because farmers use that yoke oftentimes to kind of control, to, to direct, to guide uh, the farm animals. When oxen are yoked together, they're controlled by the master. When you're under the yoke of Christ, we are controlled, we're guided, we're led by Father God. And again, it, it calls for us to kind of give up control. When I'm yoked with Christ, again, uh, we will move together in the same direction. When you're yoked with Christ, you're not going to go one way while he goes the opposite way. You're going to go uh, in the same direction together. And here's the incredible thing. You're going to go at the same pace. When you're yoked with Jesus, you can't go any faster than he goes. He sets the direction. He gives the guidance. And he also sets the pace. That's why he says, come to me and then take up my yoke. Give up control. How do we do that? Galatians 5.25 says, since we live in the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Follow 
God step by step, moment by moment, decision by decision. How do we do that? Romans 3.28 says, our lives get in step with God by letting him set the pace. So let me ask you, who's setting the pace? Who's giving the direction in your life? Who's in control of your life this morning? Another advantage to being yoked to Jesus is when Jesus is yoked to you and you're yoked to Jesus, here's the thing, you're gonna slow down. Why is that? Have you ever noticed that Jesus was never, ever in a hurry? He was never late, but he was never, ever in a hurry. And I've read the Bible through many times and not once did I ever come across the phrase, Jesus rushed or Jesus ran or Jesus hurried to this place. Never, ever, ever. He always walked. In fact, I imagine and I can kind of maybe see him just kind of sauntering. One time he had a friend named Lazarus lived about three miles from where Jesus was, and it took Jesus three days to get there. It's what we call slow walking. Why? Jesus knew God had a plan. God didn't want to heal a sick man. He wanted to raise a dead man. So Jesus wasn't in a hurry, wasn't panicked, wasn't impatient. And when he got there, that man was dead and buried. And what it did was it set the stage for a greater miracle. God had a better idea. God had a bigger plan in that moment. And the same is true for you and I. Whenever we take his yoke upon ourselves and we give control to Jesus, he'll take you where you need to go and he'll get you there when you need to be there. I don't know how many of you have ever read or heard the Japanese version paraphrase of Psalm 23. I want us to read this together out loud because this is what it would look like if we were to take the yoke of Jesus upon ourselves this morning. It's up here on the screen. Let's read that together. The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restores my serenity. He leads me in the way of efficiency through calmness of mind, and his guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will not fret, for his presence is here. His timeless all-importance will keep me in balance. He prepares a refreshment and renewal in the presence of my activity by anointing my mind with his oil of tranquility. My cup of joyous energy overflows. Such surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruit of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord forever. There's one more thing. Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke. And the third thing he says is learn from me. That's the third key, the third step in lightening your load. 
Jesus really is, he is the perfect, he is the best model of how to live life with purpose and peace. He's our example. And he calls us to imitate him. Again, that's to watch how he lived and do what he did. Study how Jesus lived and do what he did, and you'll have the same kind of peace and purpose and presence of God he had. So if we're here this morning and we want balance, if we want health, if we want sanity in our schedules, in our life, we follow the model of Jesus. We learn from him. Again, learning is a process. Learning is something that doesn't just happen instantly, and it oftentimes doesn't happen just overnight. It takes time. And the mess maybe that some of you are in right now this morning, you didn't get into that overnight. The habits of a hurried, a worried, an overburdened, stressed lifestyle, they didn't just happen yesterday. Many of us have had many years to kind of practice and develop that lifestyle of overload and stress, a lifestyle of hurry and worry. You didn't get into it overnight, you're not gonna get out of it overnight. And there's no pill that you're gonna be able to take to solve it. For some of us, we gotta unlearn some very unhealthy, unbiblical patterns, and then we've got to relearn some very healthy and some very biblical patterns. And again, we're gonna have to learn from Jesus. Jesus says, learn from me. Not your pastor, not your spouse, not your BFF. Jesus says, learn from me. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Isn't that interesting? Gentle and humble. Don't you often wonder, how is that going to help me in stress? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I can think of a lot of other things I'd like to learn from Jesus about stress management but gem, gentle and humble were not on my bingo card for stress reduction. I'm just being honest with you. Most of us, we would rather learn and want to learn from Jesus how to have courage and stamina and power. We'd rather learn how to have confidence and strength. We'd rather learn to have endurance and self-assurance. But God says, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're stressed, if you're overloaded, what you need to learn from me is gentleness and humility. Why of all of the things that Jesus can teach us in this area, do we need gentleness and humility? Jesus says, if you really want soul rest, here's the antidote, gentleness and humility. See, to me, true humility, it teaches us, it reminds us that we're nobody's savior. True humility teaches us and it reminds us we can't solve everyone's problems. I mean, most of us, we have our hands full with just our own problems, let alone trying to, to solve or deal with somebody else's problems. Now, I can encourage you, I can pray for you, I can point you uh, to the scriptures, 
But ultimately, bottom line is, there is only one Savior, and it ain't me, and it ain't you. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the only one who can truly help us to live a life that is pleasing to God the Father. True humility, again, it teaches us, it reminds us, we're not the managers of the universe. Jesus is. He created everything that is without our help. And he can manage it without our help. As a matter of fact, it says that he upholds all things just by the power of his word. It takes very little effort for Jesus to do all that he does. True gentleness, which again is, is a fruit of the spirit. True gentleness, it, it teaches us to be gentle with ourselves and gentle with each other. Apart from Jesus, nobody does the Christian life perfectly. We all stumble from time to time. We all miss the mark from time to time. And because of that, we just need to be gentle with each other as well as ourselves. I don't know about you, but when in, there are times in life that I mess up when I'm struggling or I'm stressed out, the last thing I'm looking for or want is a lecture. Galatians 6.1, here's what Paul says, dear brothers and sisters. He's talking to believers here. If another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly, there's that gentleness and that humility. You should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I believe having a very healthy, biblical dose of humility and gentleness, it will bring sanity and it will lighten our load and the load of others. Be gentle, be humble. How do we do that? We just watch Jesus. We just look at Jesus. What does that look like? Well, if you've studied the Gospels, you know that Jesus was completely dependent on the Father for everything. He was always looking to and always focused on the Father. That was Jesus' secret to humility and gentleness. In the book of John alone, there are just dozens and dozens of times where Jesus says, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only go where the Father tells me to go. I only think what the Father tells me to think. I stay where he wants me to stay. I do what he wants me to do. Jesus lived a very simple, humble life in complete dependence and obedience to the Father. He said, all I do is what the Father tells me and I don't worry about anything else. Not interested in crowd pleasing. I only do what the Father tells me to do. If we did that, I mean, really pursued a lifestyle of doing that, can you imagine how the stress level, the load of burdens in your life 
would just begin to decrease. To live a life where you say, you know what, I'm only going to do what the Father tells me to do. I'm only going to go where the Father tells me to go. I'm only going to live for an audience of one. And I'm not going to try to please everybody because I know that I can't. I'm just going to work on doing what God wants me to do with my life. I'm only going to do what God says matters most. And I'm not going to worry about that I can't be in all places, that I can't do all things, that I can't solve every problem. I'm just going to do what the Father tells me to do. If we could just get to that place in life, I think it would be a breath of relief to our hectic lifestyles. Do you see now why Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 are one of the greatest invitations you'll ever get when it comes to lightening that load in life? Come to Jesus. All of you, especially those of you that are weary and burdened and overloaded, stressed out, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my burden is easy, my burden is light. Where in the world are you going to go for a deal like that? And maybe some of you here this morning, and maybe you're kind of just at that breaking point. Maybe life's been kind of rough for you over the last week or months. And, and one of the ways that that is weighing on you is you just feel overwhelmed. You're tired. And it's not just a physical tired. I mean, you're, you're spiritually, you just feel depleted. You're just spiritually exhausted. You may be here this morning because you're, you're just looking for a spiritual pick-me-up. You're kind of looking for a spiritual infusion this morning. And I want you to know, welcome. You came to the right place. And this morning, our response in all of that is very simple. Come to Jesus. Get rid of your yoke. Get rid of your burdens. Get rid of your stresses. And take on his, because he said they're easy, they're light, they're kind. It's perfectly fitting for what you're going through. And then we just learn from him. So maybe you're here this morning and you've come to Jesus. You're coming to Jesus this morning for the millionth time. It's okay, come. Maybe this morning you're here and, and, and this is the first time you've ever come to Jesus. Come. It's an invitation, a divine invitation to all everywhere. So let's go ahead and stand this morning again. Uh, this is just kind of our way of saying as we stand this morning, I'm coming to Jesus. Again, whether it's for the millionth time or the first time, <clears throat> I'm coming to Jesus. And I'm just trusting this morning that he wants to carry, he wants to walk with me this morning. He wants to yoke himself to me this morning. He wants to lead, to guide, to set the pace. And you're just welcoming 
You're just allowing him to come alongside you this morning. Father God, again, we thank you, Lord. Your word says that if any lack wisdom, Lord, that we just need to ask of you and that, God, you're not going to criticize. You're not going to say, I told you so. But your word says, Lord, that if we just come seeking wisdom, that you will give it to us in abundance without criticism. So this morning, we just again take Jesus at his word. And we just come to you. Father, it doesn't matter if those burdens are financial, if those stresses are relationships. It doesn't matter if that overloadedness is coming from our work. Coming to you is the first and most important step we can make this morning. So we come. And Father, this morning, we just take your yoke upon us this morning. We just ask God again, as we saw that picture of that, that yoke earlier, that God, we're in one, you're on the other side. God, we're, we're just right next to you. And better than that, Lord, your word says that we have the Holy Spirit in us this morning. And so we're, we're yoked to you this morning through the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. And because of that, it says you've given us the mind of Christ. That we can think your thoughts. We can hear your voice. We can sense your leading this morning because we're yoked with you. And in that yoking, you abide in us and we abide in you. Father, we thank you for that, that Jesus comes and he offers us that yoke. It's easy, it's light, it's kind. So Father, we also just learn from Jesus this morning. God, I just ask that there's a lot of things each of us need to learn this morning, a lot of different things. So Father, I ask this morning that you would just speak to each heart, each spirit, each person here this morning, the one thing. Because every yoke is different. Because that yoke is perfectly fitted for us and our situation this morning. That God, you may want to give a different word, a different word of direction, guidance this morning. So God, we ask, Lord, you would just speak that one thing this morning that we can just take hold of by faith, that we can just begin to walk out in obedience to say that is the one thing, that's the one thing I'm going to focus on right now. There'll be more later, but right now I just want to focus on the one thing that God is speaking to my heart this morning. We thank you, Father, that those who desire to hear your voice will hear your voice this morning. We thank you again for that divine invitation. We ask, Lord, that you again would just continue to walk with us, to yoke us with you day by day. We just thank you again for all of these promises that we find in your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.